Welcome to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Uh, we've been talking about this, this series that I really felt to start the year with, and that is how to position yourself for a life of breakthroughs. And the last two days, I thought we were going to get through it in one day, um, but there was just too much content. And then yesterday, we only got through one of the seven points, which was praise. And if you missed that broadcast, I highly encourage you to go back uh, and watch or listen to that. Alex, are we getting these all up quickly on the podcast for everybody? Thumbs up from the back. So yes, we are. For those of you that listen to the podcast, uh, go back and listen to yesterday's morning broadcast. Uh, It will stir you up. And then the first day we covered three of the seven points. Uh, Today I'm going to get through as many as, as I can, but we're dealing with this thought, how to position yourself for consistent lifelong breakthroughs, never ending increase. What, what does that look like? That is the plan of God for his children. God doesn't ever plan for you to diminish. He doesn't ever plan for you to go up and down success and then failure, success and then failure. In fact, I've read this to you a couple of times during this teaching, but I want to read it again because it's a foundational principle in the kingdom of God, Old Testament and new. And it's Psalm 1, 1 through 3. And the Bible says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. Now, here's the benefits. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. There it is. Its leaf does not wither. You're not called to diminish. You're not called to slide backwards. You're not called to fail. Your leaf will not wither. Your leaf will not wither. Look at this. And in all that he does... He prospers in all that he does. He prospers. That's going to be your story in Jesus name. And so God's desire, again, let me back that scripture up with what one we quote all the time, Proverbs 418, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. What shines brighter and brighter? The path of the righteous. Your path is getting brighter and brighter and brighter in Jesus' name. Your path, I know for some people I may sound like a broken record because I'm constantly encouraging you, constantly telling you, but you know what? People need to hear this. You get enough negativity from the news. You get enough negativity from work. You get enough negativity from coworkers and and people that are around you. Even some people at your church maybe uh, haven't uh, learned to control their confession yet. And so people may say, man, he's always talking about never ending increase. That's because people need to hear it because it's not a message that's taught often in the body of Christ. In fact, it needs to be taught because people need to get their expectation higher. They need to set their expectation higher. And I I don't want, I I hate hearing uh, believers Uh, talk in such a way 
that, they, that life is some sort of a crapshoot. You know, we don't know what's coming. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but we just know that whatever we go through, the Lord's... And that's, that's how people expect. They expect calamity to come. They expect to have uh, failures, and they expect to have tragedies. That, well, no matter what it is, we're going to learn to roll with the punches, and one life gives you lemons. And that's how most people believe. But that's not what we're setting our faith for. That's not where, where our expectation is. Ours is in never-ending increase. That our path, like the Bible says, our path is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. If you think January is going to be good for you, wait till February. If you think February is good, wait till March. Because your path is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In fact, by faith, just put it in the comments. My path is getting brighter. My path is getting brighter in Jesus' name. And that's going to be your story. Your leaves are not going to wither. You're going to produce fruit in your season. And in all that you do, you'll prosper in Jesus. I'm talking, about to, the, I'm talking to the faithful today. This You can't blanket prophesy over everybody in the body of Christ because everybody may not do what the Lord asked them to do. But I'm talking to the faithful. I'm talking to the faithful. And for the faithful, it's getting better and better and better. Just wanted to give you that this morning. Brought to you by Zevia, Dr. Zevia flavor, if anybody's wondering. Your path's getting brighter. Your path's getting brighter. And, and, and understand this, none of these things happen by accident. That's why I'm giving you these seven uh, habits <clears throat> that need to become part of your life on a daily basis because they position you for a life of increase. They position you for a life of breakthroughs, a life of never-ending favor. And, and again, I've talked to the team about this. I may, I may end up just having to write a book on this because it's so important and no one teaches it. I mean, there's people that teach it, but it's not, it's, it's, the, it's the fringe. It's not, it's not commonly taught. You're getting brighter. That's right, Carol, Carolyn's on backing me up. She's an amen corner in the comments section. Um, <laughs> that's right. But understand this, these seven things put you in position for a life of never-ending increase. And so we covered four of these already. Humble yourself, holiness, prayer, praise. Today we're going to move, move forward. And today I want to give you one that needs to be a part of every believer's life. And that is this. And it sounds, I'll just say this, at the outset, it sounds so basic. But I want, I want you to see something with me. It's not basic. It's not basic. And in fact, I'll tell you a way that you can know that it's not basic. And that is, and, I, and today the, the subject, uh, I'm going to get, if, if we can get more than one, we will. But I'm talking about number five, ingesting the word of God. The word of God is fuel for increase. Put that in the comments, put it in your notes. The word of God is fuel for increase. Hallelujah. The word of God is fuel for increase. You need to get that in your spirit. Don't neglect the word of God. That's why we're doing so much during the fast, reading the whole New Testament in 21 days minus the book of Revelation. And if you feel to go on, read the book of Revelation. You should. It'll, it, there's a blessing that comes on people who read it, the Bible says. The word of God is fuel for increase. Fuel for increase. And so I want to deal with this. Well, you say, how do you, how do you know it's, it's neglected the way you're saying? Because the statistics show 
that even ministers, preachers, 90 some percent of them have never read the Bible through one time. Good morning, Miss Cynthia Norick. I love you. The majority of ministers, we're talking 90% of people that graduate from seminary or Bible school have never read the Bible all the way through one time. So if you've got ministers that haven't even done it, then where do you think the average Christian is at? Well, they're probably at a lower place than that. And so I want to encourage you, don't neglect this fuel for increase, the word of God. God operates within the parameters of his word. He has tied himself to the parameters of his word. You know, people say, God can do anything. That's not true. God can't do anything. He can only do what he said he would do. That's it. He's the one who tied himself to the parameters of his word. God cannot violate his nature and his character. God is not able to do that. So people say, and I know what they mean when people say God can do anything. They're they're encouraging you by faith that there's nothing impossible with God. But, but technically, God is tied to his word. God is tied to his word. He can't violate his nature. He can't violate his character. He can't violate his integrity. He has tied himself to this written word. And that's why we have it. All the, now, now, here's an important fact. All that can be learned about God, all that can be known about God, can only be found in his word. Now, that... I'm going to break that down because that's deeper than you may think it is. That's deeper than than you may think it is. All that can be known about God, all that can be learned about God can only be found in his word. That's it. Did you know that God can never give you a private revelation of himself that cannot also be found in the written word? Because it has to line up with the written word. Get this, I'll go further than that. It's very interesting because people will look at Romans chapter one and they'll say, well, you know, things can be seen in nature about God, but that's not what Paul was teaching in Romans chapter one. Paul was teaching that you can see nature and it is proof that there is a God who exists, but it doesn't bring you to a saving faith. Yes, we can look at nature and Paul makes the point that when wicked people stand before God in judgment, they'll not be able to say, well, I didn't know. I didn't know there was a God. He said, no, nature is enough so that you have no excuse to know that God exists. But you can't know about God from nature. You can't come to a saving faith of Jesus Christ uh, through nature. You can't know about the, uh, the, the specifics of God's character and nature, uh, his nature through nature doesn't work that way. That's why he gave us his written word. And this is the fuel for increase. I call it the performance fuel for increase. You say, why do you call it the performance fuel? Because God's word carries the power to perform. God's word carries power to perform. Let me read that to you from Isaiah 55. God's word always carries power to perform. And God spoke this through the prophet Isaiah. Listen, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish 
that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. <clears throat> Do you see that? So God, speaking about his own word, said that it can never come back empty. When he sends it out, it can never come back empty, never comes back void. It always accomplishes what he purposes and it always succeeds in the thing for which he sent it, always. So that means God's word, that's Isaiah 55, 11, Kim. Isaiah 55, 11. God's word always <clears throat> is the performance fuel for increase, always. Always, it always performs. In fact, <clears throat> look how powerful this is. The gospel of John, I mean, really, we could stay here, I've told you this, we could stay here for weeks and probably months <clears throat> and probably years just in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. But I wanted to just show you this. In the first few verses of the Gospel of John chapter 1, and uh, look at this. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. So can we just start by saying that the Word has always existed? And that right there alone is a powerful, powerful revelation. The word has always existed. You've probably heard me tell the story. I was in uh, Ontario, the province of Ontario in Canada with my father. He was holding his Canadian camp meeting in the summer. And uh, he asked me to preach one of the nights. And so I was praying and I said, Lord, what would you have me to preach and teach to your people tonight? And the Lord said, open this is what I, I, he guided me in my spirit. He said, open to John chapter one, <clears throat> begin reading at the beginning of the chapter and I'll show you what to preach. So I opened my Bible and I started to read aloud. In the beginning was the word. And God said, stop, just preach that. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, <clears throat> are you serious? I'm gonna preach a whole service on just those words six words in the beginning was the word. And the Lord said, don't preach anything but that. But then he gave me further revelation as to why he wanted me to talk about that. And as I was looking at it, he wanted me to understand that the word not only has existed from the beginning, but if you understand it properly and you keep on reading, you'll know this. And I had already read, of course, I'd read John one many times, but let me keep reading. And the word was with God and the word was God. God is his word. Verse two, he was in the beginning with God. Verse three, and all things were made through him. Who? The word. And without him was not anything made that was made. So let me stop there. That's just John one, one through three. But let me stop there because this is what the Lord was showing me. Everything that you see came out of the word of God. All things were made by him and without him was nothing made that was made. So think about this. Even angels who are created beings were made through the word of God. Angels aren't eternal. They didn't exist from the beginning. They're created beings, right? So go on. That means that there couldn't even be fallen angels unless angels had been created. 
Get, get where I'm going with this. There couldn't even be fallen angels, which means Lucifer couldn't even exist. Lucifer couldn't even exist unless there was creative power in the word of God. What else does that mean? Well, Lucifer became Satan, who is your enemy, which means before you had an attack or an attacker, you had a word. That chain's hitting my microphone. Sorry. Before you had an attacker, you had a solution. Before you had a problem, you had a solution. Before there was even sickness, you had healing. Woo! Because remember this, healing's in the word. He's a healer. Jesus is a healer. And he has existed from the beginning. Before there was sickness, you had a word of healing. Before there was addiction, you had a word of deliverance. Before there was poverty, you had a word of provision. Hallelujah. Makes me want to shout. Before there was even danger, you had a word of protection. Thank you, Jesus. Because the word has existed since the beginning. The Lord was showing me this. And one of the reasons he was showing me this, and this will help you when you pray. uh, The Lord was trying to get it into my spirit that Christians think that prayer takes place. The devil attacks and then Christians pray, you know, and ask God to help them with the attack. And then God has to formulate some kind of a plan and response to what the devil did. And the Lord says, no, that is not what happened. First of all, God's omniscient. He knows all things, knows what will come, knows everything. So God's not formulating some kind of a response to the devil out of prayer. No, what prayer truly does is it gives you access to a word that existed since the beginning. God doesn't have to change because the devil attacked. God doesn't have to change because something came against you. No, he provided a word for you since the beginning of time. And all your prayer allows you to do, it goes into the throne room and gives you a connection and access to the eternal pre-existent word of God. The pre-existent word. You know, when you go to get insurance, I know many of you have seen this uh, phrase before. When you go to get insurance, they have a phrase that they always ask you about and they'll say, especially health insurance, they'll say, well, do you have any pre-existing conditions? I'm sure you've seen that. I'm sure you've heard that. All it really means is if you're already sick, we don't want to insure you. But they'll ask you, do you have any pre-existing conditions? Do you have any pre-existing conditions? Well, understand something that as a believer, when you come into the family of God, you have pre-existing conditions. That'll make you shout. When you come into the family of God, you have pre-existing conditions. And when the devil tries to violate those conditions, you say, no, I have, I've had a word of healing. This is what I was talking a little bit about last night. God has keeping power, divine protection. God has keeping power, right? He can keep you from sickness. He can keep you from addiction. He can keep you from problems. Why? Because you've got a pre-existing condition. What's the pre-existing condition? The word. The word that has existed since the beginning of time. God doesn't have to react to the devil. The devil has been trying to react to God's power for thousands of years. God's not reacting to the devil. God has his own plan. 
and God has a word that existed since the beginning. So understand something. The word is eternal. The word's not something that God created. It has always existed with him. And also, if you read John 1, 1, you know what you find out? Independently or uh, separately from him. Verse two tells us he was, who's he? The word. He was in the beginning with God. Hallelujah. All things were made through him. That's the word. Thank you, Jesus. So the word's eternal. Do you know what Jesus said in John? Let's go over to John six and I'll, I'll read something to you. John six sixty three. if you're taking notes. And here's something that Jesus spoke. He is the word made flesh and he speaks the word of God. Notice Jesus never said anything out of his own mind, never said anything out of his own will. He said, I only say what I hear the father say. Hallelujah. I only say what I hear the father say. So look at John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Now look at Jesus. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. So if you're taking notes on the word right now, take notes on this. The word of God is spiritual life. That's what Jesus is saying. The words that I've spoken unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They're living. It's a living word. It's a living word. The words that I have spoken unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So put it in your notes. The word of God is spiritual life. It's spiritual substance. When the word goes into you, you are ingesting spiritual substance. Hallelujah. It's alive. It's alive when it comes into you. Spiritual substance. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. So this is the direction I'm going with this today because I want you to see it. When the word of God comes into you, you are ingesting spiritual life. Thank you, Jesus. You're not reading a book. Let me just make that very clear and very plain. It's not like a Muslim sitting down to read the Quran. It's not the same. It is not the same. It's not like any false religion reading their quote unquote holy book. It's not like Mormons sitting down to read the book of Mormon. It's not the same thing. You're not reading a book. You are ingesting, literally you are eating spiritual life. When you read the word of God, you are eating spiritual life. I'm going to show that to you uh, in the word of God. Now, here's the powerful thing with the word is that as you're taking it in, it does so many different things for you. It doesn't just do one thing. When you take in the word of God, when you're feasting on manna from heaven, it's not just doing one thing. It just doesn't give you wisdom. It does more. It does so many things. First of all, I want you to know that the word of God, and put this in your notes, put it in the comments. The word of God affects all three parts of my being. Amen, Renee. And it's powerful, right? The word of God affects all three parts of my being. Pop that in the comments. Pop that in your notes. The word of God affects all three parts of my being. I'm going to show you that today. And don't forget this. The word of God is performance fuel for increase. 
So you can't have a life of never-ending breakthroughs and increase and neglect the Word of God. Impossible. Impossible. Christians that neglect the, the Word of God, they throw their Bible in the back seat until next Sunday. They cannot have a life positioned for never-ending breakthroughs. Impossible. Because this right here is the performance fuel for increase. This is the performance fuel for breakthroughs. This written word. It's not a book. It's a living word. It's spiritual life. That's right. The word of God affects all three parts of my being. What are they? Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, and physical body. All three parts of you are affected by the word of God. And I'm going to show you that today. Because this is performance fuel for your increase. That's why the more you can take it in, the more. See, revelation of God's word affects how high you can fly in the kingdom. I know there's people listening to this that what in the world is he talking about? Well, the Bible says that you shall know the truth, John 8, 32. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You can't be set free by truth you don't know. That's the whole bottom line of this. You can't be set free by the truth you don't know, right? So if you don't know the truth, then you can't be set free by the truth. And, and recognize this. And if you've ever been a part of Miracle Word University, maybe you took one of our courses called Mountain Moving Faith that we released. And by the way, uh, we're in the midst of something called Bible Study Made Simple. And we're currently in the midst of a study on the life of David, but we just complete, completed a book study on Galatians. And if you want a taste of what it's like to be a part of Bible Study Made Simple, uh, because it's, a, it's, it's something we only open twice a year to get in, but if you'd like right now to get a taste of what that's like, we just released the Galatians course separately that you can be a part of and grab uh, for yourself at miraclewordu.com. It's an in-depth verse-by-verse study of the book of Galatians, and in it, I teach you how to study any book of the Bible, uh, no matter what book you're going to study, and it'll help you a lot. So if you want to get involved in that, it just got released, so it's brand new. But maybe you, you took one of our classes called Mountain Moving Faith. In that course, I taught something uh, that I've never heard anybody teach, but the Lord showed it to me, and that is this truth right here. Faith is compartmentalized. And I'm going to teach you what I mean by that. We know the faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But faith is compartmentalized. So let me explain what I mean. Did you know that you can have faith to be saved, but have no faith to be healed? You could have faith to be healed, but have no faith to be delivered or to prosper. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing the word of God. As a preacher, I've heard this many times, you get what you preach. You get what you preach. Why? Because what you preach is what builds faith in the hearts of the people listening to you to receive the thing you're preaching about. So if I, if I want people to get healed, I'm not going to preach on prosperity. But if I want preach people to prosper, I'm not going to preach on healing, right? If I want people to get saved, 
I'm not going to preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach on repentance from sin. I'm going to preach conviction. I'm going to preach Jesus is coming soon. I'm going to preach on righteousness, right? You get what you preach. And so it's important what, what you're ingesting when you study and what you hear preached. That's why I tell people. And that's why I'm so excited about Miracle Word Church. It's because we're, many churches refuse to be full gospel preaching churches, but we are not going to lean away or shy away from any subject in the Bible. We will preach repentance from sin. We will not be like many of these hyper-grace churches that refuse to talk about sin and refuse to acknowledge that your actions as a believer matter and that you have to adhere to the word of God. It's not an anything goes religion. We're going to preach against sin and call people to be saved and call people to repentance. We're going to preach on divine healing. I'm not going to sit around and say, well, sometimes God puts sickness on you to teach you a lesson. That's garbage. It's garbage. And we're not going to preach that nonsense. We're going to preach that God will heal you if you're sick. We're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. We're going to preach deliverance. Guess what? We're going to preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. We're charismatic people. We believe in the continued activity of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to preach that. I'm going to preach on the soon return of Christ. I'm going to preach prosperity, strong. I'm not going to shy away because there's people that don't like the message of abundance and increase. We're preaching it because it's in the Bible and it's God's plan for his people. And we need churches like that. We need strong churches that will preach the full gospel and not shy away from it. You shall know the truth. How can you be blessed? How can you be healed? How can you be baptized in the Holy Ghost? How can you see spiritual gifts in operation if your church shies away from the message? And there's many churches that do. There's churches that'll tell you Jesus will heal, uh, save you, but they'll never tell you he'll heal you. They say, well, we don't know. He picks and chooses who he heals. You know, it's his sovereign will. And, you know, he may not heal you, but that's because he has a purpose for your sickness. Okay, you go to a church like that, and let me tell you what happens to your faith. I'm going to tell you exactly what happens to your faith. When the devil attacks you with sickness, the first thought is this. Should I believe for healing? Or is God putting this on me for a purpose? You know what that brings into your spirit? Double-mindedness. Double-mindedness. And the Bible says in James chapter 1, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. Not anything. So no healing, nothing, nothing. So I'm not going to preach some message that puts people into a position of double-mindedness. If you have an attack of sickness coming against your body, get this in your spirit. It's never from God. It's always from the enemy. And we need churches that'll just stand up and preach the truth, stand up and preach the truth. But if I don't preach the truth, how can anybody have faith to receive the truth, right? If I don't preach healing, how can people be healed? If I don't preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost, how can people be filled with the Holy Spirit? You get what you preach. That's because faith is compartmentalized. And I'm going to show you that from the Bible. Um, Acts 19. This is the power of the word now. This is the power of the word at work. Acts 19. This is after the day of Pentecost. And the apostle Paul comes to Ephesus. That's a city in Turkey. And he finds 12 men. And the Bible says um, in the first verse of Acts 19, and it happened that while P Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. 
And there he found some disciples. Disciples, get this now. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Oh, then what baptized were you, what, what baptism were you baptized with? And they said, John's baptism. And Paul said, well, John baptized, baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. Upon hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So do you see what's happening here? Here are believers, here are disciples, but they don't even know there is a Holy Spirit. So here's an extreme example of people, they couldn't have faith to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because in a second, that's what they receive from the Apostle Paul when he lays hands on them. But they couldn't have faith to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? They never heard it preached. They never heard it taught. You can't have faith for something that you've never heard. That's why the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. In the Old Testament, the Bible says it this way. My people are destroyed for what? Because of a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And let me tell you, that's exactly what the devil wants you to have. A lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of God's word. Knowledge of God himself. The devil wants us to be destroyed because we have a lack of knowledge. That's why we have to make it a habit. I will take in the living word of God, the performance fuel for increase. I will take it in. I will ingest it on a daily basis. Every day, I'll take it into my spirit and I will feed off of it. It will strengthen me. Did you know the word of God strengthens you like that? Go with me to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And I want you to see this now because the, the, as I've been telling you, not only is the word of God the performance fuel for increase, but look at the two things Paul said that it will do for you. Acts 20 and verse 32. Paul is addressing the Ephesian elders in this passage. And this is what he says to them in verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up, number one, and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So according to um, Paul, the word of God is able to build you up and to give you your inheritance, to give you your inheritance. Say, well, what does that mean? Well, yeah, God's given you an inheritance. Ephesians 1, 3, the Bible says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Woo! That'll make you run around your living room. You've been blessed. There's no more blessings to be blessed with. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But they're in your heavenly account. So how do you take them out of your heavenly account? You have to make a withdrawal. It doesn't matter if you're a multimillionaire, if all your money's in the bank. How are you going to access your funds if you don't have a debit card or something to pull money out or a check or cash? How are you going to even benefit from what you have if you can't make a withdrawal somehow? So you have to make a withdrawal 
on your heavenly account. How do you do that? Paul tells us the way that we receive our inheritance is through the word of his grace. This right here is your ability to make a withdrawal on your heavenly account. The word of God, the performance fuel for increase, right? This is how you make the withdrawal. That's how you obtain your inheritance. Faith in the word of God, speaking the word of God, living the word of God. And when you do that, you're making a withdrawal on your inheritance. You're pulling it into the seen realm, out of your heavenly account and into the natural realm. Paul said it's able to build you up, Acts 20, 32, and give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. That's what the word does. That's what the word does. Well, even before the full word was given, all the way back in the Old Testament when all they had was the law, all they had was the law. Joshua chapter one, Joshua chapter one, look at this. Joshua just took over leadership from Moses and now he's the new leader of Israel, but now he gets instructions in Joshua 1.8. Look at his instructions that he receives. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Did you see that? Not your mind, your mouth. That means you got to speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak the word only. <clears throat> That's what the centurion said to Jesus. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Speak the word. Speak the word. Get this now. I don't say what everybody else is saying. <clears throat> I don't mimic and parrot what the culture's saying. I don't mimic and parrot what the government's saying. That's why I've been making fun of them. You know, I got, we saw last year before the winter hit, that press release came from the White House. Expect, expect a winter filled with sickness and disease. I screenshotted that, that press release from the White House uh, and, and put it on my desktop just to laugh at it. I just highlight it, push the space bar, maximize it, read it, laugh at it, minimize it. Who put the White House in charge of your healing covenant? Not God. They're not in charge of your covenant. So I don't mimic. I don't look at that and say, yeah, you know what? Those are specialists talking and they've done the research and they know it's going to be a rough winter for people. It's going to be a really, it's going to be a lot of contagious people. I don't, I don't listen to that stuff and repeat it. They say, yeah, you know, it's just, you got to learn how to use wisdom, bro. No, I laugh at it and say, it's not what the word of God says. The word of God says that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The greater one lives on the inside of me. And what's he greater than? Every spirit of antichrist, which includes spirits of infirmity and sickness and disease and depression and anxiety. I, I'm the, I am the strong man. <laughs> you can't bind me up. There's nothing that can come in my body and bind the Holy Ghost up. He's the strong man in me. The greater one lives in you. So I don't listen to that stuff and then repeat it. Well, the economy's getting ready to take a turn. We're going to get really good, go into a, into a recession. We're going to have really, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a rough market and we've got to be just going to... I'm not doing that. I'm not talking like that. Maybe for somebody else, not for me, not for you. In Jesus' name. We will abound. We will have more than enough. We will be in the overflow. Hallelujah. We will walk in excess. I don't care what the world's doing. That's not my story. It's not your story. I've read this word, which tells me that God's my provider and then gives me story after story after story that shows that he provides for his people, even in times of famine and drought. And in fact, in times of famine and drought, he does it in such a way that he gets massive glory because there's such a contrast between what's going on in the world and what's going on in your life. 
And that's going to be our story. I don't care what the government's doing. I don't care what the economy's doing. It's not our story. It's not our story. You know, interest rates are going up. I don't care. You think God's moved by interest rates? He's not. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Let the word remain in your mind. Meditate on the goodness of God. Set your mind on things above. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. So look at that. Speak it, meditate on it, obey it. Put those three things in the comments. Speak it, meditate on it, obey it. Speak it, meditate on it, obey it. Well, what's the result of that for Joshua? And I believe for you and me. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. I'm going to say this to you. It's impossible to consistently speak the word, meditate on the word, and obey the word, and not be prosperous and have good success. It's not possible. Don't tell me that obedience to God's word brings a diminishing return. (laughs) That's foolishness. It's absolute foolishness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. God will not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. What did I just read to you at the beginning of this broadcast? Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed are those that don't stand in the way of sinners, join in with mockers, but they delight themselves in the law of the Lord. They'll be like trees planted by the water. They'll bear fruit in their season. Their leaves will never wither. They'll prosper in all they do. Job 36, 11, if they'll obey and serve me, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. I could go through verse after verse after verse. If you'll obey all that I command you to do this day, I'll set you on high above all the nations of the world. And you read Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, you'll find it again and again and again. Obedience to the word brings increase. Speak it meditate on it, obey it. Then what'll happen? You'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So one of the things that happens when you ingest the word, speak it, meditate and obey it, is that prosperity and success hits your life. It's exactly what happens. It's exactly what happens. Prosperity and success. I love it. I love how people mock this message of abundance and say, well, that's just an American gospel. You know, they actually put out a documentary that was something like that. Didn't, didn't they call it that? What was it called? The yeah, the American gospel. That's the American gospel. When the churches that are doing the very most in the world are in impoverished third world nations. <laughs> the, the largest churches, the most prosperous churches in the world are in third world nations. Amen. I mean, I was looking at that building, that Bishop Oyedepo's building. It's going to cost like $300 million. I think it was $376 million U.S. dollars. That's not in the U.S. That's not in Dallas. It's not in Tulsa. That's in outside of Lagos, Nigeria. That's, that's not even in the city. That's out in the country. Ota, Nigeria. 
crazy. That's not America. That's not the Bible Belt. That's a third world nation that's in heavy recession. And they're getting ready to build a 100,000 seat sanctuary with a 20,000 seat children's church and a mall and a university and a huge man-made lake to baptize the new believers. And they're doing it all cash, cash. Don't tell me it's an American gospel. It's working in third world nations where there's extreme poverty and recession. Don't limit God's word based on human expectations. It is jaw-dropping, Diane. It's jaw-dropping to see what God will do if you'll just believe him. It's not an American gospel. And the same will happen for you when you obey the word, speak the word, meditate on the word. What else will happen for you? Well, the other thing that will happen, go to Proverbs chapter 4. And then I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But Proverbs chapter 4. Look at this. When you receive, ingest the word of God. Proverbs chapter four, verses 20 through 22. My son, be attentive to my words. Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. What's gonna happen for those that do that with the word of God? For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Glory to God. Their life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. So it's not just prosperity and success, but when you continually take in the living word of God, guess what? It contains within it healing power. Healing power for your physical body. Again, don't forget what I told you at the beginning. The word of God affects all three parts of your being, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Here's how it's affecting your body. There's healing power in the word of God. Speak the word only. He sent his word and it healed them. Psalm 107 and verse 20. That's the theme verse of our ministry. Miracle word. It's a miracle word. When the word goes forth, it's a miracle word. It produces miracles. He sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Ooh, glory to God. Incline your ear to my sayings. It's life to those who find them, healing to all their flesh. Healing to all their flesh. So get that now. It's not just prosperity and success. It is healing to your flesh. It affects your body. When I read the word of God, when I listen to the word of God preached and taught, it goes into me and it's got the power to heal my physical body. Joel Osteen's mother is still healed of cancer today, still living today in her 90s because she let the word of God fill her body. She just put the Bible on tape on nonstop, listened and listened and listened and listened. It drove cancer out of her body. They told her she'd be dead. Her husband, who was strong as an ox, has already gone to heaven and she's still alive in her 90s giving God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through what? The word of God. That's Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, Bonnie. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. So it'll bring healing into your body. And then finally, let me say this. It affects your soul in multiple ways. First of all, it renews your mind. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. This will help you now. The Bible says, I'll read verses 25 and 26. 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So the word of God is a cleansing agent. It'll cleanse your mind. It'll wash your mind. It'll renew your mind when you read it. That's part of your soul. It's your mind, your will, your emotions. You see that? So when you read the word of God, it's cleansing your mind, cleansing your mind. But let me give you another one. Go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 15. Talking about your soul. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. Don't speak against other ministers. It'll help you. Keep you around the earth longer. You may not agree with what they preach. You know, unless they're preaching something that is specifically heretical, and you call out the heresy, and you speak to the principle. But remember, other ministers, they're not our servants, they're God's servants. We're not, we don't correct another man's servant. We don't, the Bible teaches that. So you pray for them, ask God to touch them, speak to them, but don't speak against them. You can talk about the principle that's wrong. I've done that on this broadcast. There's preachers. I mean, when Dr. Creflo Dollar began to speak on tithing, I did a broadcast on his message on tithing. I'm not speaking against him as a minister. I'm dealing with the principle. Honor God's men and women, pray for them, honor them, and ask God to help them. Ask God to help them. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found. Jeremiah is speaking here now. Look at this. Your words were found, and I ate them. Look at that. I ate them, ingested them, and your words became to me a joy, hallelujah, and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Jeremiah Jeremiah said, I devoured your word, I ate it, and your words became to me a joy. There is joy in the word of God. I mean, for example, how many of you have ever had that experience where you're reading the word of God and something hits you and all of a sudden joy hits you? (laughs) Hallelujah. All of a sudden joy hits you. It's happened to me many times. It's happened to me many times. As I'm reading the word or listening to it preached and taught, it hits me and joy, joy hits me. I went with my cousin, my cousin and I went to see Bishop Oyedepo preach, um, uh, when he came to the United States and we were sitting in his service and Bishop Oyedepo was preaching something and he was reading a scripture and it was something that I had been meditating on and I was trying to get some revelation on and almost in passing, he just dropped that scripture out there and showed something and it hit my spirit so hard in the front row, S- hit my spirit. So, and I'm, if you know me, I'm not a crier, I'm a, a laugher, shouter, dancer, runner, but I'm going to tell you this. He hit me so hard, the Holy Ghost, with that revelation of, of a word from God, I just started crying right there on the front row, but it was like tears of joy. It was like I'd been looking for this, and I found it. Like Jeremiah said, your words were found. He taught that thing, boom, it hit my belly. I took notes, but man, I was taking it through tears because I'm telling you, it, it, the joy of it hit me, and it's happened. 
It's happened to me many, many times that when I've been uh, listening to the word of God, preached or taught or reading it for myself, man, the joy of the Lord hits you. Miriam said, this is my personal experience even today, filled with joy while I spend more time in prayer and reading the word of God. And that's what happens. Why? It carries within it the spirit of joy, the spirit of joy. The, uh, the Bible says regarding Jesus, because you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. That's Hebrews 1.9. Hebrews 1.9, speaking of Jesus, because you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Can I tell you something about joy? It's part of the anointing. Joy is an anointing. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's an anointing. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. It's an anointing. And the Bible says Jesus was anointed with that oil of gladness. Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. Jesus was anointed with that oil of gladness. Today on day three of the fast, I'm praying that as you jump into the word, as you go through our reading plan and you're pulling that word into your spirit, these things are going to begin to happen for you this year. It's prosperity and success. It's a renewing and a cleansing of your mind. It's healing for your body. It's joy for your spirit. It keeps you on course. It guides you. It leads you. I mean, I could, I could keep on going with different things that the word of God does, but I want you to hear this. It's the performance fuel for increase. It's the performance fuel for increase. Don't think that you can position yourself for a life of never-ending breakthroughs without the word of God going in daily. I, I explained it this way before that uh, it's like, I don't care if you bought the greatest sports car that was ever created. I don't care if you have a Ferrari. I don't care if you have a Lamborghini in your driveway. The only way it's going to do what it was created to do is if you put gas in the tank. That's the only way. It's the greatest machine. It's got the best engine. It's got aerodynamic curves. It's been created to go very fast. Momentum. But it doesn't matter. None of it matters if you don't put gas in the tank. And I'm speaking about you now. There's never been a created being other than Christ with a greater ability and momentum. You're, you're made in his likeness and in his image. You have the ability to perform at the highest level. He said, the works that I do, you will do also and greater works than these. So you, you're created with the ability to do it with force, momentum, efficiency, power. You're created, to, you have the greatest potential. Jesus said so. But if the word's not in the tank, if the word is not in the tank, you're missing your performance fuel for increase. You're missing your performance fuel for increase. Don't let the tank go empty. Hallelujah. Last thing I'll have you write in the comments today. Don't let the tank go empty. Don't let the tank go empty. Fill yourself daily, daily with the word of God. Let me give you a pro tip here at the end before we pray. Here's a prayer that I pray over myself before I read the word of God. Each time I'll pray this like Paul did for the church in Ephesus. Here's the pro tip. 
I'll read these prayers that Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter one, but then I'll pray them for myself. And where he prays them for them, I pray them for me. And it's Ephesians one, starting in verse 16, and I go all the way to the end of the chapter. I pray it for me. And, and notice one of these things that's in the prayer. Paul said, I do not give, cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having my eyes and my heart enlightened, that I may know what is the hope to which he's called me. And what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward me who believes him? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and thought. So I read it for myself, but notice I pray that specifically. Lord, grant unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation as I read your word, open the eyes of my understanding. I pray that every time, every time. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you in Jesus' name. And I can tell you the first time I ever did that, and the Lord said, start doing that every time you read my word. Well, I was living in my house in Virginia, sat in my office, opened up my Bible to John chapter one. My plan was to read John one through 10. I had my notebook open, ready to take notes. And I started to read after praying that and I'm sitting there and I'm just getting note after note, after note, after note. My goal was to read 10 chapters and to do it in an hour, giving God an hour of reading. And I looked down at my watch and an hour had passed and I hadn't got out of John chapter one. I was trying to get to John chapter 10 and I had five pages of notes, I think four or five pages of notes on one chapter of the Bible. And I could immediately see the difference when you read with a spirit of wisdom and revelation, when he opens the eyes of your understanding. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Pray that over yourself. Don't let the tank go empty. Fill yourself daily with the word of God. Father, I pray for every person that's watching right now. Thank you for every faithful person that's fasting and praying during this time, giving the beginning of their year to you. Lord, for those that have written in with prayer requests, I ask you to touch them today supernaturally. Lord, for those that wrote in even today with healing requests, I pray that you would release healing virtue into their bodies, make them whole. I command sickness and disease to go out of them now, be made whole in the mighty name of Jesus. For those that are believing for breakthroughs, for deliverance from addictions and for family members to be saved, let this be the season that we see it quickly come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it, Lord. You'll get all the praise and all the glory for this. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.